Welcome to the Marketing for Startups podcast. If you're trying to figure out marketing for your startup, then you're in the right place. In this podcast, we go high level, looking at the intersection of branding, data, and leadership to offer you a marketing playbook to grow and scale. Join me each week for in-depth interviews, tactical advice, and practical trainings. Hi, I'm your host, Victoria Hajar, veteran marketer and startup enthusiast. I promise to bring my experience and curiosity to each episode Then together, we'll peel back the onion on this ever-changing discipline that is marketing. I'm so happy you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. At the time of recording this, we are entering Q4. And so I thought it would be really fun to talk about marketing strategy, which is my favorite topic. (laughs) Um, But why I think your marketing strategy is so important for finishing the year strong. And this kind of came up in a recent conversation with one of my dear friends who is also an entrepreneur. And, you know, she just was expressing such frustration for her business and revealing that she kind of felt like throwing in the towel, which If you've been in business for any length of time, you can probably relate, right? I think we all go through these seasons of, you know, feeling like things are going really great and that you feel on top of the world and that you're crushing it and you're killing it. And then the other half of the time, you feel like you're completely drowning and that you don't know anything. And is this even worth it, right? If you you don't feel that, um, you're the exception (laughs) because I think most of us have that um, feeling when we were building things. And so my friend, you know, we were chatting about, you know, what does the future hold? Because she was feeling like I'm throwing darts in the dark. You know, I don't feel like I'm gaining traction. I feel like I'm walking through mud, like just going so slow. And I think in business, it, it feels that way a lot of times. And the dangerous thing about that is when we feel that way, our instinct is to make a change. Our instinct is to change up the the tactic, change up the strategy, chase a new creative idea. And what happens is we get thrown off course um, of the marketing strategy that we laid out for ourselves in the beginning of the year. And we never really gain traction in anything that we do because we're changing directions so much. And so if you have found yourself in this position, I invite you to recall back to Q1 when we were doing our yearly planning and setting our vision for the year. And what was the marketing plan that you came up with that you decided that you wanted to execute on? If by the way, if you did one at all, because sometimes you know, maybe we'll set like general business goals, but oftentimes we're not building and executing on a strategic marketing plan, which is what I want to talk about today. Because building and executing on a strategic marketing plan for one whole year is and being consistent and not chasing shiny objects. Yes, it feels long while you're executing it. Yes, it's not fun. But this is the unsexy things in business that actually propel you forward immensely, 
The problem is we never get to the propulsion part of it because we we deviate off course, right? And if we if we're not writing down our strategic marketing plan for the year, well, then it's even easier to deviate from that. And we tend to just fly by the seam of our pants, getting input from whomever is executing on the thing. So the social media manager has their own ideas. The ad manager has their own ideas. The website developer has their own ideas and their own priorities and their own ideas of what they think will work. And they all may have really good ideas, but the problem is, is that these ideas are often um, siloed because A, there's not like one unifying thing bringing, bringing all of these pieces together, which should be your strategic marketing plan. Um, but B, like they oftentimes have you know, things that sound like really good ideas and they probably have some compelling data that will be even you know more dangerous than throwing you off course because they could bring up valid points. But the problem is, is that any action that you take in your marketing um, efforts needs to be working around one strategic plan. So I think now we're you know going into Q4, the best thing that we could do right now is realign with your strategic vision or set one if you haven't already this year. And then commit to 12 months of that plan. Commit to consistently executing on the plan that you put forth for yourself because at the end of those 12 months, you're going to have a useful set of data that's gonna help you make a better plan in the future. So I'm even suggesting that when January 1 comes, like Q1 comes, don't scrap it all and uh, and start from scratch on your marketing plan, right? My suggestion is let's make a 12-month plan now, right? For the vision of what we think we want to be executing um, for the next 12 months. And then when January 1 comes, you look at that plan and you're just refining it, right? We're just saying, okay, we still commit to this. And we're going to do that every 90 days, but we're going to be very intentional about not throwing ourselves off course. And so what does that look like? So how do we build a strategic marketing plan? So when I build marketing plans, I always call them sales-focused marketing strategy, right? Because marketing really exists to support sales. So if we're going to step back, we're going to say, hey, I've never really created a great sales-focused marketing strategy. I just kind of been flying by the seat of my pants. I'm going to tell you now how to start from ground zero. It doesn't matter if you've been in business for five years or 10 years or 15 years. I've talked to plenty of founders that have never really sit down and gone through this process. So I think it's really a great process to go through now in Q4 because then once Q1 comes, you'll start, you'll feel like you're not starting from zero. And hopefully going through this process is going to revive you and, and, and make you feel refreshed to your business. And this is exactly what I suggested my friend do. And after going through this process, she felt really reinvigorated because she felt like, okay, a lot of times in business, it's just, it's really, you feel desperate because you just want someone to tell you what to do and how to do it. That's why I do what I do here on the podcast, because those moments where I'm in front of someone that's just really just telling me how to do it. Those have been so valuable over the years. 
And a lot of blogs and content that we consume on the internet is like talking around things or trying to sell you something. Here, I want to give you the exact action items um, that you do tick it off. Of course, I'm here to help you. There's different ways you can work with me. But if you're doing, if you're a DIY or want to get your hands dirty, do it yourself, do it yourself. And I'm going to tell you how to do it. So how do we create our sales-focused marketing strategy in seven steps? Whenever I'm building a marketing strategy from, from scratch, I go through these seven steps. Before we talk about that, I want to just have like a little bit of a, of a parentheses here, a little caveat. And I want to talk about the difference between strategy and tactics. So a marketing strategy is your overarching plan, right? And your overarching plan is really associated with what I call your 24 by seven marketing flywheel. It's your full client customer journey, right? And this journey, it translates into the actual action steps and things that you need to do in the marketing to make sales, okay? And get leads to your sales team. So this bigger plan is what is the contents of a marketing strategy. A tactic is what are the individual actions that you're going to take in performing that marketing strategy, right? So a big picture strategy is an awareness strategy. We need a way to get in front of more leads each and every month. So that's the first stage of the 24 by 7 marketing flywheel, awareness. So there are several tactics we can employ to do that. We can do an ads. We can run ads. That's one tactic. We can run a partnership program. That's another tactic. We can um, run a SEO improvement project. Uh, that's another way that we can increase our organic traffic and get in front of new um, new prospects via search. These are, you know, SEO partnerships and ads are three tactics that we can actually execute on. Okay. And so you can choose which, you know, which tactic you're going to use. Right. And then inside that tactic, you can build a whole plan on how you're going to execute them. But when we're talking about marketing strategy. We're talking about the big picture. Okay. So how do you go even starting to build this big picture? So here are the seven steps that I go on whenever I'm starting new marketing strategy and it's also something that I check in with businesses, you know, during our yearly planning, my own business, I like to revisit these things because they may shift and change. Okay. It's not like a one and done thing. So the first step is all about your why. Okay. Really getting clear on why your company exists. Right. And also reconnecting with your why. And yeah, this sounds like business planning 101, but it is very useful to revisit. Our whys as entrepreneurs shift and change as we grow as humans. You know, entrepreneurship is really like an exploration in, in self-growth. And so our why shift and change. And so we need to stay connected to that. Um, it's really important for just like getting up every day when things feel hard and keep moving forward right? Connecting with our wife helped to infuse a better company culture, helps to get our teammates excited and on board when they're attached to, you know, your why and the why of the company. So reconnecting with that is so important, right? Not just like the problem that you solve, 
But like, why is that problem so important to you as a founder, right? And then more globally, why is it important to your brand? So the why keeps us going. The why keeps us excited. The why gets our team members um, more bought in. It's such a powerful tool. But whenever we're building a marketing strategy, we, we have to touch stone on that why. Okay, so that's step number one. Step number two is really defining your market, really understanding the sandbox that you're playing in. Okay, so this idea of the sandbox, um, which is like an EO term, um, entrepreneurs organization term, but I, I love it because it doesn't actually necessarily mean your direct competitors, like the people that sell exactly the same product or service that you sell. The sandbox is kind of, I like to look at the, like the ecosystem of companies that are serving your target client. Okay. Um, and get your finger on the pulse. Like what's happening in your market? Who are the new players? Is there new technologies that have come up that affect your, your market? This is an important thing to do. Again, maybe you know this like the back of your hand, but I'm suggesting that once a year, um, kind of reacclimating yourself with what's going on in your market, right? There's, things are changing and growing so quickly. Um, it's really useful to, to run this analysis. Who's in your sandbox? Who are the, the kind of myriad of companies that are in your world that are speaking into the lives of your target customer clients. Um, I love to do a little analysis, right? Just a little bit of research. It only maybe should could take like 30 minutes or an hour um, just to kind of check in on the companies that you know are serving your ideal avatar and just like, what are they up to, right? What are they doing? Not in an obsessive way, but thinking with a strategic lens, right? And then from there, I like to do a competitor analysis. So now we're going one step deeper. You know, we're, we're looking at the market first and then step three, we're doing competitive analysis. So again, competitors come and go. So maybe you did this years ago, but when I'm starting a new strategy, I'm always looking at what are the other, you know, effective direct competitors doing, the ones that are really having success. What... Um, you know, what is their mission statement? What's their positioning? What is their brand vibe, right? Um, what's their price point, right? What social channels are they on? How many uh, followers do they have on those social channels? You know, are they turning out blogs? Like get a little bit deeper into their strategy and also make these conclusions about, you know, in what ways are they similar to you? What ways are they different? Because again, reconnecting with your unique selling points through this uh, customer analysis, this competitive analysis is really useful. And again, like there's new players and new technologies that come onto the scene each and every day, probably, but each and every year you can see that there's a lot of change. So keeping abreast of what your competitors are up to, um, understanding their pricing, understanding why in ways, in what ways they're better than you and what ways they're worse than you, right? That is a, that's so effective because when you're, when we're going into step four, which is the next step of messaging, it is really useful to um, create some communication that's going to differentiate your business, your brand from your competitors. Okay. So that brings into step four of this seven part uh, system, which is the messaging. 
So now you're sort of clear on your why, you're, you've looked at your larger market in your sandbox and you understand the trends and, and what's kind of what's happening um, in the world that serves your target client. Then you're honing in a little bit deeper on competitive analysis, right? Now we're into step four. We're going to take all of those things and we're going to create a value matrix. Okay. We're going to create um, an, a value matrix in this sense is how are we mapping the pain points that our target customer has to the solutions that we offer. So what is their problem and how do we solve it, right? This, um, this is strategic communication mapping, right? And when we have this value matrix, it helps us to create copy, create ads, um, and make sure that we are effectively communicating the most important things to our customers about our business. So having this um, just this mapping done and and being able to hand that to your social media manager or your copywriter um, is extremely useful and something that you want to get clear on because, again, that may have shifted and changed as well. As you keep, are going with your business and customers are, they're changing, their needs are changing. Maybe your products and services have even changed in the past year, right? Maybe you have new products or services. So you want to make sure that you're putting in the work to make sure that you have things prepared so you can properly communicate. Okay, so that brings us to step five, where we're actually creating the plan. So the marketing plan is this 24 by 7 marketing flywheel. It is the six-step process from getting new customers, new prospects to know about your brand and who you are, all the way to converting them into paying customers, to delighting them, and then actually um, getting those customers to give you referrals and help that flywheel churn by word of mouth, right? The 24 by 7 marketing flywheel, um, I go into really deep detail in the um, how to end a marketing overwhelm guide, which is a free guide you can find on our website. You just go to uglyventures.com backslash overwhelm. So U-G-L-I-V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S.com backslash overwhelm. And you can grab that guide and it's going to give you a step-by-step, step-by-step instructions. There's a workbook um, where you can build this 24 by seven marketing flywheel and you get to understand, you know, what's missing, what's not missing, like what, what's working, what's not working. Do I have all of this flywheel built out or is there a leak in my flywheel or a leak in the funnel, right? Because your flywheel is essentially your marketing funnel. And so when you have that flywheel built out, that brings us to number six, which is building the team that you need to execute, right? So a huge caveat here is once you build this 24 by seven marketing flywheel, the way that you get to the next level and really build a sales focused marketing strategy is by getting the right people on the bus. So understanding, you know, it's not good enough to just get it done and have it done. We want our marketing strategy to be executed and actually to achieve results and actually to um, produce for us. And so evaluating your team, looking at that 24 by seven marketing flywheel, which is this plan that you have, then you want to say, you know, who do I need to fill in the gaps here, right? Who's, who's really um, a good team player that's really learning and growing and performing versus what people are just kind of on autopilot and, you know, the things that they're executing are not performing well, right? 
So you want to make sure that you have the right team to execute properly, because if you don't, then your marketing plan is not going to be as sales focused because it's not going to be results focused. You need to have a team that are going to get you results. And then number seven, the last is to track, test, and improve. So you have your marketing plan. You know what you're doing for each one of those, what tactics you're employing in each one of those six stages of your 24 by seven marketing flywheel. So now what we need to do is create some targets for those stages, each one of those stages. We need to be looking at those targets regularly, right? And when we talk about the sales focus marketing strategy, this is where the sales focus comes in. It's managing those outcomes. So each and every week, building yourself a scorecard that takes into account the numbers that you need to see to, to hit. So some examples of some numbers that you should be paying attention to is, you know, how many leads are you getting week over week? How many of those leads are converting into sales or how many of those leads are converting into demos or sales calls, right? Then we can go even further, right? Those are, those are examples of the lagging metrics, right? Then we can look at the leading metrics. So, how effective are our ads? How many clicks do we have on our ads? Because that's going to help predetermine how many leads we're getting, right? As you look at the stages of the flywheel and you look at your most important numbers, you're going to get to put, you're going to get to, to understand really how those numbers waterfall, right? How many eyeballs are you getting in front of? And how does that translate into, you know, clicks to a landing page or clicks to an ad? And then once they get to that, landing page, right? Are they actually putting in their email address to become an actual qualified lead, right? Saying like, yes, I'm interested, giving you that email address, right? Once you get those email addresses, how many of those people are booking those calls? So all these numbers waterfall down. And this is where the performance marketing comes in, where that sales focused marketing strategy comes in, right? Our, um, in, the, in marketing, our deliverable is leads right? That's the purpose of marketing. So we need to make sure that everything we do, you know, in order to really produce that ROI, that everything we're doing is delivering those leads because that's what, that's what we're here for, right? To make sure that salespeople actually have, um, you know, prospects to sell to, or if we're just delivering people to a sales landing page, right? That, that landing page is actually converting to paying customers that were actually making those sales, right? That we're getting in front of enough people that we're delivering enough leads. So those conversions are delivering the results that we want for our business. So those are those, these are the seven steps. These are the seven steps to creating an effective strategy, right? You want to zoom out. You want to understand your why. You want to understand what's going on in the market. Take a peek at what competitors are doing. Get some creative ideas from, from, from what others are doing, right? And, 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 and um, kind of infuse that with your why, right? And your own unique flavor. Then we're kind of really getting clear on our messaging, right? How do we solve the pains of our customers, right? Matching their pains to product features or service features, right? Then we're creating that flywheel, that 24 by seven marketing flywheel, then we're getting the right people to execute it that are gonna get the results. And then we're measuring those results and we're watching those results. And we're iterating and improving on the specific little things that we're doing, the specific little things that our team is executing on to make sure that we get the results that we need. That's how you manage the outcome. So when you complete all of these seven steps, then you're set up for success to have a 
thriving marketing strategy that you can execute. Now, I'll close with this because the most important piece of all of this, and the reason why my friend was so excited, uh, was so exasperated um, that I was speaking of at the beginning of the episode was because this process is, it's fun at first. I think the beginning of it is fun. Um, but the rest of the year is track, test, and improve. And this is the piece that gets really boring, gets really boring. But that's where all the magic is because the track testing improvement, oftentimes to unlock like amazing results. And this I've seen again and again on landing page optimization, ad optimization, um, like partnership campaign optimization. It's not about throwing it all away and starting from scratch. It's about like the five or 10 degree shift that you make that can change everything, right? It could be like changing the color on an ad or just, you know, putting bullet point descriptions on a landing page um, or tons of things, little itty bitty tweaks that can really make a huge difference. And that is where a lot of people get stuck because they don't want to do the boring work. It's more fun for them to keep analyzing the market, keep checking out the competitors, keep fiddling with the messaging, right? Instead of just putting your head down and doing the work. So I'll leave you with that. Put your head down and do the work because I know you can. And I know that you are stronger than the majority of people because you're listening to this podcast, you're sharpening your skills, um, you're actively learning and you're going to go implement what I told you today. And that already puts you in probably like the 90th percentile of, of or the top, the top 5% of founders that will succeed. Um, so keep going. Remember, the boring stuff is the most important. So find a way to make it feel exciting for you and to feel fun, right? It's, it's also a little bit of a mindset thing, right? Because performance in the marketing, in my experience, has been just doing those boring things and doing them really well getting to be real ninja at those things like ads, conversion rates, landing page conversion rates, even, you know, uh, sales conversations, all of that stuff. When we do it over and over and over again, we pay attention, we're really intentional. Then we get really to be experts in those things and we see massive results. So that's it for this week. Um, tune in again next week for the next episode of the Marketing for Startups podcast. Can't wait to see you then. And uh, until then, keep going. And remember, you don't have to go fast, especially with your marketing strategy. You don't have to be quickly changing uh, direction and, and, and chasing shiny objects. You have to just keep going and sticking to the plan. And that, I promise you, will yield the best results. Okay, see you next week. You did it. You made it to the end of the episodes. Thanks for sticking around with me and listening all the way to the end. I really appreciate you as an audience member and i hope that you found this helpful if you did like this episode it would mean so so much to me if you subscribed if you rate and review this podcast it helps other people know that this podcast has something worth saying it also would be super awesome if you could take a screenshot and share on instagram and tag me at ugly ventures u-g-l-i 
Ventures, V-E-N-T-U-R-E-S. I am always so appreciative to hear from you, and I hope to see you back here next week on the Marketing for Startups podcast.